Praise God, praise God. If you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, you don't have to stand. You can stay seated. Uh, we are just going to get into a study of Colossians tonight. Um, I feel like it's important, and we are going to uh, revisit Colossians um, possibly, possibly next week. But if I have anything to do with it, no, because I have, I have a... Uh, very smart person uh, that's hopefully going to be here to minister uh, during our family week. Truth Church, it is something that we have put together, that we have uh, planned. We, this is our second year in doing family week. Um, I think it's very important. I believe it's very important. I'm going to talk a little bit about it uh, tonight, um, talking about Colossians, actually, but I, I feel like it's very important for the body of Christ to be connected. Amen. I feel that it's very important that we develop relationships. Amen. That we develop relationships with each other because I, I hate to even think about it that some people on this side never even talk to people on this side, or some people right here never talk to people over there. I, I believe it's very important. We are the body of Christ. Amen. We're the body of Christ. So I want to encourage you, if at all possible, if you can do anything to make any of those events or all of those events, uh, especially um, Wednesday night and our uh, family dinners that are going to begin this Sunday. Anybody excited about those? That's going to be fun. Amen. I believe they're going to be fun. Do whatever you can. Don't just uh, shove it off as, oh, I don't need to be a part of that. Be a part of it. Get to know somebody. Get to know a brother and sister in the Lord that uh, maybe you don't, you don't know. Maybe you can have them, you'll have them over for dinner next time or next week or just develop that friendship, that relationship. I'll tell you what is so important about it, okay? This is the key to one of the keys that I believe is important. When you are connected to somebody and you are in relationship like a, uh, you, you talk and you read the Bible together, you go to coffee together, you study together, you worship together, you pray in the altar together. When things begin to happen that are going to pull you out, it's really hard to walk away when you're connected. Amen? It's really hard to say, check you later, deuces, when you are connected to somebody and you, you love somebody and you care about that individual and, and there's nothing that's going to, that you're going to go through without calling or, or talking to that person about, hey, I need, you to, I need you to help me pray. Man, I've got a situation coming up. And when, they've, when you've gone through life and gone through spiritual problems and issues with somebody in the Lord, amen, it's really hard just to check out. When, because the bottom line is, if you've read the Bible or studied the Bible, there's going to be winds of doctrines. There's going to be seducing spirits that draw you and pull on you. There's going to be things that try to pull you out of the family of God. But when you're connected to somebody, maybe they're just, they're connected a little bit more than you're connected. When you have that connection, it's going to be really hard to walk away. Amen? It's going to be really hard to say, I I'm checking out of this. I I've got to be a part of the family of God. So I encourage you, do whatever possible to be a part of the family of God, especially this week. And I hope that it forges relationships and forges friendships. We're supposed to be friends, amen? amen? We're supposed to be brothers and sisters in the Lord, amen? Amen, amen. amen. Remove the head coach and the team flounders. Break the fuel line and the car won't run. Unplug your electrical appliances and they will have absolutely no power. Without the head, the body will 
die. Whether for leadership, power of life, connections are vital. Somebody say connections are vital. Connections are vital. Colossians, the book that we're going to look into tonight, is a book of connections. We've got to be connected. Somebody say amen if you believe that. We've got to be connected. If you're wondering where we're going to go tonight, just open up to Colossians, and we will reference scriptures there this evening. I'm just going to talk a little bit about uh, Colossians. You can find this just like I found it, but I'm bringing it to you tonight uh, for your hearing. Written by Paul. The author was, writ it was written by Paul around A.D. 60 during his Roman imprisonment. The, the writing follows a blueprint, chapter 1 and two, deal with Christ, what, what Christ has done. Chapters three and four deal with Christians, what Christians should do, what Christians should do. If you're writing things down, if you did bring your pen, I'll repeat for you. Chapters one and two deal with what Christ has done. Chapters three and four deal with what Christians should do. I'm going to repeat that, what we should do. Amen. There's some things that we should do. To whom? To whom it is written. I will not go through all of my notes. I'll just give you uh, a few things here to whom it was written. To the church of Colossae. It was a city in Asia Minor. And all believers everywhere. The city of Colossae was 100 miles east of Ephesus. Colossae was originally part of the tri-city area that included Three, the cities of Heropolis, Laodicea, and Heropolis was a city known for health and pleasure and relaxation. You're writing that down. Health, pleasure, and relaxation. It was located near a volcano. That's just some information that you would like to look at. Laodicea was known for commercial trade and politics. It was a financial headquarters of whom, of, of the whole area, extremely prosperous. Colossia, at one time, had been a large, powerful city due to its location by a river that ran through there, Lyacus, L-Y-C-U-S, if you're worrying about the spelling, Lyacus River. At the time of Paul's writing, it was a small, powerless city with a, dwelling, with a dwindling economy. Because of the influence of all the culture that passed through due to the river trade, many false religions, this is what I want you to get a hold of, many false religious ideas took root in the city. This caused a problem in the church at Colossia. It caused an issue. Just like today, there are things that travel through our city, travel through the nations that cause problems that are not true to God's word. And so we got to look into that. That's why we're looking into Colossians tonight. This caused problems in the church at Colossia, known as Syn Praise the Lord. S Y N C R E T I S M. Sionism. Combining ideas, listen, this is the important part. You can look that word up if you'd like to. Combining ideas from other philosophies and, re and religions, religiosities, such as paganism, such as Judaism and Greek thought, with Christian truth 
and putting, listen to this, putting salvation confidence in these beliefs. So they were pulling everything together because of everything that passed through this city. They were putting all of this together to create a salvation confidence. We're going to put this here. We're going to put this here. We're going to put this in this pool. And if we do all of this, you can be saved. That sounds like a fantastic idea, amen? I personally find it interesting that some of the questions that, that are for consideration in relation to the book of Colossians, and I'm going to talk about some of those right now. Due to heavenly bodies, do, do heavenly bodies, rather, have any influence in our lives? Do heavenly bodies have any influence in our lives? The millions of people who consult horoscopes, call psychic hotlines, or into Ouija boards and palm readers and, and the, the, the cards. I can't even remember what those cards are, and it doesn't matter. And fortune tellers, they would all say, yes, yes, it does. All of that does. The heavenly bodies they have influence in our lives. They're approximately, listen to this, this is truth. You can look it up on Google yourself. There's, there's many different answers, but I, I took the average in the middle. There's approximately, I got two numbers, 1750 and 1600. There are approximately 1600 newspapers in America and 1,220 of those carry a daily horoscope. Is there any relationship, this is another question, is there any relationship between diet and spiritual living? Does God speak to us immediately in our minds or only through his word, the Bible? Do the Eastern religions have something to offer those who are Christians? These questions, ladies and gentlemen, should, or they sound rather contemporary and relevant to our day, yet they are the very issues, the very issues that Paul dealt with in his epistle to the Colossians. The Word of God. Somebody say the Word of God. The Word of God. That's what I'm trying to get to. He dealt with all of this stuff. The Word of God. Hold your Bible in your hand right here. This book right here, the Word of God is still. Somebody say still. The Word of God is still relevant and timely in this day, in this time, as it was in the Bible times when it was written. If we as individuals will get in the book and we'll get in, I understand. I, I, I like commentaries. I like studying I like studying internet commentaries. I like studying apostolic commentaries. I like looking at all of those. And you can't do that if you don't pray because you'll get things that aren't right. Amen? Amen. But I like studying those things. And if we will study and we will discipline ourselves to really, somebody say really, really study the Word of God and the themes of scriptures and what they give us and all the divine inspiration of the Holy Ghost as, it's, as it was moved on, as the Holy Ghost moved on men to, to write in those old days, we will be able to hear and be able to understand that this book is still relevant for us today. And it will speak to us today and we will learn things and we'll be able to live for God. We can't just passively Oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Because if you passively believe in Jesus, if you, oh, yeah, I love Jesus. If you just passively, passively say, I love Jesus. When the winds of doctrines come and when seducing spirits come, they're going to explain every little thing. Truth, church, 
Praise God. I talked about it on, on Tuesday morning because I am troubled. I am troubled with what is going on now more than ever, and I see it. And I, I just saw something last week that troubled my spirit when I saw a man of God that I had listened to for years teach and preach the Word of God that completely and totally denounced the truth in God's Word and said that he has been on a journey his entire life and finally found what he needed to find. It troubled my spirit because Ichabod was written all over it. And, and if you know anything about that, and, and blaspheming the Holy Ghost completely in from his podium in his pulpit in the city of Fort Worth, blasphemed the Holy Ghost. And if it can happen to a man, ladies and gentlemen, that I heard countless CDs and countless teachings, that truth, it can happen to anybody in this room. And so we better, this is it. I talked about it last Wednesday. Just I, I, I made the phrase, you don't have to do anything I'm talking about. But... You have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You know, we, we, my wife and I, we knew of this individual that was frustrated about a vehicle. Ticked off, mad about, oh, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe this is going on. I can't believe all this happened to my engine. I can't believe, well, when, I don't even remember how many miles it was. But when you looked at the mileage and you looked up at the little sticker up top and the, the, Oil life was like 7,000 miles over what it should be. Well, you smart individual, go to the oil changing station. Get your new oil filter. Change the oil when it needs to be changed. Amen? When everything falls apart, when everything messes up, and we haven't been doing the maintenance that we need to do and making sure that we put the things in our spiritual vehicle that we need to be putting in our spiritual vehicle when all hell breaks loose we can't blame anybody except the individual that's supposed to be working out their own salvation with fear and trembling so I, I say this over and over again and I hope that I'm not beating a dead horse but we have to work our own salvation out with fear and trembling know what you believe know why you should believe it and if you study, really study the Word of God, the themes of Scripture given to us by divine inspiration of the Holy Ghost as it moved on men of old to write it, how beautiful it is that almost 2,000 years later, this writing right here is applicable to everything that we face in this lifetime today. Me and you doesn't matter who you are. If we really study it, isn't it wonderful that it all applies? It all works. I mean, we can gain from it. Praise God. The heresy at Colossae would become known as Gnosticism. It would emphasize, if you're taking notes, it would emphasize special knowledge. Gnosta in Greek and denying and denying Christ as God and Savior. To combat this devious era, Paul stressed Christ's deity. Amen. As we should today. And his sacrificial death on the cross for sin. Only by being connected with Christ through faith can anyone have eternal 
life and only through continual, continuing. Somebody say continuing. Continuing, continuing that connection with him can anyone have power for living. Paul also emphasized believers' connection. Here it is, the emphasis of why we're having family, family week, the emphasis of connection with each other as Christ's body on earth. Ladies and gentlemen, it's important that we stay connected. It's important that we talk about, don't just get together and talk about the, the fun that you're having and that's it. But when you get together, talk about revival. Talk about the service. Talk about what God's doing. This is not, this is not to brainwash us. This is not to, well, if we all talk about it, we're all going to be doing no, no. Talk about what really matters. Yes, we're going to play cornhole, and we're going to play washers, and we're going to play board games, and we're going to eat ribs, and we're going to have a whole lot of fun. We're going to play games, and there might be door prizes and all that good stuff at our family dinners. But the most important conversation should be, man, I'm excited about Jesus coming back. Hey, let's make sure that we make our calling and election sure. If you... When somebody's walking out to their car, listen, if you ever have an issue, if you're ever not doing well, if, if the devil's on your back or, or problems persist, would you call me? I want to pray with you. I want to be your brother and your sister in the Lord. There's got to be connection, ladies and gentlemen. Praise God. I'm going to try to stay close to this if I can. Going back to Colossians. Church establishment and key members. What that means. Epiphras, saying his name correctly, I think. Most historians and commentators believe him to be the founder of the Colossian church. He was a convert of Paul's and a native of Colossae. In chapter 4 and verse 12, if you have your Bibles, you can refer to it as well. It says, who is one of you? Talking about this, he is one of you. In Colossians 1, I'll, I'll slow down, I hear pages turning. Colossians 1 and verse 7, Paul says that he is our dear fellow servant who is for you and fa a faithful minister of Christ. Going back to, to 4 and 12, Paul writes of this man always laboring fervently for you in prayer. There's many others. Many others, Philemon and Aphia, and it's not what it sounds like, A-R-C-H-I-P-U-S. It's Archippus. By comparing Colossians with Philemon, you can easily conclude that they were at Colossae. Most historians and commentators believe them to be members of the same family. Philemon. Philemon, the father, Aphia, the mother, and Aphorus, the son. Based on Philemon, verse 2, it is likely based on the culture of the day that the church met in their home. And listen to what it says. And to our beloved Aphim and Archippus, our fellow soldiers, and to the church in the house. Based on Colossians 4 and 17, where Paul writes, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord 
that thou fulfill it. It is possible that Archippus served as the preacher of Colossae. Pretty interesting stuff, and it may not mean anything to you now, but just stay with me for a moment. Onesimus, he was Philemon's slave who had run away, was found by Paul in Rome, and was converted. He was being sent back by to Philemon. Listen to what he's being sent back with. Carrying with him the epistles of Philemon, along with the letter to the Colossians. The report of peril. What? I cannot say his name again. Aparis had brought news to Paul concerning the church at Colossae. For the most part, the news was very favorable. In verse 1, or chapter 1, verse 4, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all saints, skipping down to verse 8, declare unto us your love in the Spirit. Based on chapter 3, verses 5 through 11, there seemed to be the intimate the, I mean, imminent danger of their pagan, the paganism and the, the immorality and all of these things that were coming in to Colossae. And so based on chapters 3, verses 5 through 11, you can read that if you want to, there was this in, intimate danger that was coming. There was things that were coming into the church or coming into the city, and so there was a warning of that. There was a concern over the accepting the, Coloss the Colossian her heresy. The Colossian heresy denied all sufficiency of Jesus Christ for salvation. Does that sound familiar today? Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to talk about this for a moment. The man that I spoke of a moment ago completely and totally took the oneness of God and pretty much wadded it up in a ball in the middle of I'm not sure how many were in his congregation he took that and threw it into the dumpster and made the statement ladies and gentlemen that there is three gods and the organization which I came from has their mind, they've gone a different way and they've thought a different way and, and I have been on this journey and I'll tell you today that there is truth in the fact that there are three that bear record. And ladies and gentlemen, it hurt me to my core. And not only did it hurt me to my core as I watched that, but it hurt me to my core because, ladies and gentlemen, there have been people that have left this faith, left this church with the same thought. And one thought, well, what if they're right, ladies and gentlemen? Get in the book for yourself. Get in the book for yourself. Study the book for yourself. Don't take my word for it. What I try to, I, I, again, I have I've not been on this quest, but I've, I've watched it because it comes from Pentecostal people 
that say things like why I left the United Pentecostal Church. And I hate to get on this dead horse and I don't want to try to put anything in you that would cause you to, to be wayward. But I do feel like it's imperative that I tell you this because did you know that the oneness of God and baptism in Jesus' name has zero to do with the United Pentecostal Church International? It has zero to do with what is called the WPF. It has zero to do with what is called the ALJC. All considered oneness Pentecostal movements. And there are others. It has zero to do with man-made religion. It has zero to do with what Pastor Darren thinks. Okay? It has everything to do with what's in the pages of this book. Everything to do with what's in the pages of this book. But it has zero to do with what... I, I love Brother David Bernard, and I'm thankful that he's coming to be with us in 2023. He's going to preach here at this pulpit. you got to get him way out, and I'm excited about him coming. And, and we're trying to get it as sooner than later, but... Uh, it was coming in January, but something came up. That's beside the point. But I'm excited about that. But it's not even about his book, The Oneness of God. Understand that it is only what is in here. And this is the truth. And the Bible says to buy the truth and sell it not. I hope that all of you that serve on on the Truth Church team, I hope that you listened to the message that I put out on, through Planning Center. I hope you took the time to do that. If you did not, I know I sent it out one time, and it was late at night when I finished it, and I was going to get in the bed. I, I didn't put the link, but I did put it on there the next day. But I hope you were able to get that link, and I want you to watch it if you didn't watch it. Our friend, Brother Mark Brown, that we are supporting and helping out in South Dakota, preached an incredible message at Maryville United Pentecostal, or Pentecostal Church. And I, I believe that that is something now more than ever. But understand me. Listen to this. The Colossian heresy denied all sufficiency of Jesus Christ for salvation. It happened in the book, ladies and gentlemen. And it's happening today. Do you see the parallel? Do you get it? That that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to get away from that there is salvation in only one name. There's only salvation in Jesus. Let's push that out of our picture. Let's, let's take everything else that's come through here. It's come through this city that has got, we are the epicenter of passing through and bringing all of the politics and bringing all the, the next thing and the increase with goods. Oh, that sounds good and that sounds good. Let's adopt that. Let's put that in here. Let's, does it sound like easy, easy believism to you? It does to me. In the world in which we live in, people get upset when somebody talks about submission to the Word of God. People get upset when they talk about, hey, you should have a man of God in your life. Truth Church, I don't claim to know everything. I don't claim to know very much of anything. Everything that I'm giving you tonight is regurgitation from commentary and study and direction from people that I've talked to that are people in my life that I esteem highly. But I believe God's given me that so I can give it to you. That would Listen to me. That you not just take what I say and run with it, but you take what I say and say, I'm going to go study that. 
My hope is that I put something in your mind that causes you to say, you know, I'm not just going to be easy believism, go to church, tiptoe through the tulips and sit on the front row and clap my hands and say, man, wasn't that a powerful service? No, I'm going to get in the book and study it for myself and know that i got to be saved. And there's only one God. And there's salvation in only one name. Praise God. So the Colossian heresy denied the all-sufficiency of Jesus Christ for salvation. Overcoming the indulgence of the flesh. There are nine elements of the Colossian heresy that Paul cited and addressed. If you have your Bibles, you can go to them as I talk about them. Heresy number one. Spirit is good. Matter is evil. You can find that in chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. Paul's answer. God created heaven and earth for his glory. Does that make sense? God created. That was his answer to that heresy. God created heaven and earth for his glory. Heresy number two. One must follow ceremonies, rituals in order to be saved or perfected. You can go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 11, and 16 through 23, and chapter 3 and verse 11. You can write those down. We don't have time to read them. I'm already at 745. Paul's answer to those scriptures, heresy number two, Paul's answer, these were only shadows that ended when Christ came. Christ is all you need to be saved. Christ is all that we need to be saved. I understand Go and read those. It'll make more sense later. But Christ is all that we need to be saved. That's it. We don't need anything. In him, as Bishop just quoted, in him dwelleth. What does it say? And we are what? We are complete in him. We got to have Jesus. Somebody say, I got to have Jesus. Heresy number three, one must deny the body and live in strict, we, we got to live in a strict mindset, heartbeat. Paul's answer, this is no help in conquering evil. This is no help in conquering evil thoughts and desires. Instead, it leads to pride. Instead, it leads to pride. If you could, I want somebody to get Colossians chapter 2, verses 20 through 23. I want us to read that. Colossians chapter 2, verses 20 through 23. Somebody with a loud voice. Sorry, camera, camera people. Mm. Very 
Praise God. This is no help in conquering evil thoughts and desires. Instead, it leads to pride. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to come away from the world. We got to get away from the world. And we can't do that on our own. Amen? Heresy number four. Angels must be worshipped. Angels must be worshipped. Chapter 2 and verse 18. Paul's answers. Listen to this. Angels are not to be worshipped. Christ alone is worthy of worship. Christ alone. <laughs> we can't get all uppity up about, I've heard it. I've heard it, ladies and gentlemen. Get excited about an angel coming. You know what excites me more about an angel coming? Is when I see God fill somebody with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. People get overwhelmed, and there's, um, there's nothing wrong. But man, we'll talk more about angels. Oh man, did you see that? What I get more excited about is when I'm praying and I feel the presence of God come over my life and I begin to speak in other tongues and the Spirit of God gives the utterance. That's more important to me because that's Jesus Christ coming to dwell where I'm at. So we can get excited about all these little things and all these, and, and no, but I'm not worshiping angels. I'm worshiping God. Praise God. And Paul talks about it. Paul talks about it. Angels are not to be worshipped. Christ alone is worthy of worship. Heresy number five. Heresy number five found in chapter 1, 15 through 20 and 2. Chapter 2, two and verse 2 and 3. Christ could not be both human and divine. Paul's answer, Christ is God in the flesh. Listen to me. He is the eternal one, head of the body, first in everything supreme. And I want you to hear me right now. That one right there, heresy number five, is a one that is paramount in the day and age that we live in. Right now where we live, that's what's being put out. That's what people are talking about. And that's one right there from Colossians. It was a problem. It's a problem in 2022. I said it's a problem in 2022. But Paul gave the answer. Christ is God in the flesh. He was the eternal one. Head of the body. First in everything supreme. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. I and my Father are one. When you've seen me, you've seen Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Come on, say it. And we're not just jumping on the bandwagon. We're not just talking about it because that's something that we need to talk about because, well, it's not cut and dry. No, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how much more cut and dry you get. Praise God. I don't know how much more cut and dry that you get that when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus in the flesh is saying, hey, listen, guys, when you've seen me, you've seen my Father. And then he said, listen, I'm going to go a little bit further. Me, I, and him are one. We're not too different. We're the same. 
One must obtain, heresy number six, one must obtain secret knowledge in order to be saved or perfected. And this was not available to everyone. Colossians chapter two, brother Trevor, if you would get this. Colossians chapter two, verse two and verse 18. Read it aloud, please, loud as you can. Praise God. Paul's answer, the secret is Christ, and he has been revealed to all. That's the secret. <laughs> that, that he has he is been revealed to every single one of us. Heresy number seven. One must adhere to human wisdom, tradition, and philosophies. You can look at this in... Chapter 2, verses 4, verses 8 through 10. Chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. I want you to write those down. One must adhere to human wisdom, tradition, and philosophies. Heresy number 7. Paul's answer to this. By themselves, these can be misleading and swallowed because they have human origin. Instead, we should remember what Christ taught and follow his word as our ultimate authority. What do we teach here at Truth Church? If it smells like the world, if it looks like the world, if it acts like the world, it's the world. But if it looks like the word of God, if it smells like the word of God, it's the word of God. And we got to live and we've got to die by the word of God. Heresy number eight. Heresy number eight. It is even better to condemn aspects of several religions. Chapter two, verse 10. Paul's answer. You have everything when you have Christ, he is all sufficient. Praise God. And the last one. This is probably where we'll conclude here tonight. I'll come back to it later. Heresy number nine. There is nothing wrong with immorality. Brother Trevor, I want you to go to chapter three, verses one through 11. There is nothing wrong with immorality. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Read it loud, if you would, please. It may be on the screen.
Listen to it. Paul's answer, Paul's answer is get rid of sin. Get rid of sin and evil because you have been chosen by God and must live a, must live a new life as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to speak something here. And I don't ever say this kind of stuff. If you used to do it, before you got baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. You used to live that life or you used to do these certain things. You used to partake in this certain stuff or watch that certain thing or be a part of those individuals or say those certain words. Then what we must do, ladies and gentlemen, is turn away from that as we just read. Get, man, that makes me sick. That stuff makes me sick. That's what our attitude has to be. If you used to smoke, it's got to make you sick. If you used to drink, it's got to make you sick. If you used to lie, it's got to make you sick. You used to think bad thoughts or watch bad things. or be a, It should make you deathly ill to be around or even be in company of that stuff. And not because I said so. But Paul to the Colossian church said, listen, it's got to make you sick, the stuff you used to be a part of. And the same goes for us today. The Colossian church parallels to the day and age that we live in today. And I'm not even almost finished. But ladies and gentlemen, it is important what we put in us. It is important what we allow to come out of our mouth. It is important what we listen to. Music is important. I know there's some here, I don't get it, and it ain't me, but man, it's a fine line. A fine line between rap music in the world and rap music in the church. Because I'm going to tell you something, 99.99% of them look the exact same. But one of them says Jesus a couple of times and he died on the cross, and man, they're Christian. I, I know, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little on my... my pedestal right now and some people are like man that's, that's my soapbox and I, maybe they have a good message to be honest with you I listened to all of them so we, we have a worship station that plays here because we hadn't got our full system put up and I the other day I was sitting in my office I was like what is this garbage what did I do I walked back there and I looked at it it was Christian and the guy's name's Lecrae or I can't even remember the other person's name on there but I was like skip I just fast forward that mess that's my opinion. It, it may be, man, God saved them and changed them, and they might be trying to reach people, and that's fine. But ladies and gentlemen, there's some things that carry his spirit too, and I'm not saying that does. But this is the deal. And there's been people, I, I've made this statement before. There, there was a lady that once went to our church, and she moved from our church to another church, and I hope she still goes to church. I'm not on social media to know. But 
Every week she would come to me. I, would stand, I wasn't even a pastor. I would stand over here in this area of the, uh, we had different sections and all that kind of stuff. And she'd come by me crying. I just came in to see it again. I believe I did this. I did it again. I started popping pills. I should have been popping. I said, where are you getting the pills at? Why? What? How, why? You just had, man, the Holy Ghost filled you. You got changed last Sunday. Why are you popping pills again? What's going on? Where do you get them from? My next door neighbor. And I'm going to be honest with you. It went on a lot of times. And finally, right over there, I said, I ain't, I said it. I'm not praying for you anymore. You need to move. I can't afford it. Yeah, you can. I'll lose my deposit. Who gives a rip about your 600 bucks? Because your salvation is more important. So the things on this earth, the 600 bucks, is not going to get you anywhere. But you staying sold out to Jesus Christ is going to get you to eternity. Why are you saying that, Pastor Darren? Because just like this, you've got to get away from it. Turn away from it. Abhor it. I don't like that. I, it makes me sick to even be around it. Well, what happened is she'd come home from church and she'd see everybody doing what she used to do. Well, that's like bobbing for apples in a cesspool. You know what you're going to get all over your face when you do that? I'll let you put, fill in the blank. And that's what happens. Well, I'm going to witness to them. No, you're not. You're not going to witness to them right now. Maybe someday when you get mature in Jesus Christ and God fills you to overflowing and it, you have waters flowing out of your belly, amen, and you got the gift of the Holy Ghost and anything that steps in your way in the name of Jesus Christ, get out of my way because everything that's worldly makes you sick to your stomach. Anyway, that's, that's free. I wasn't even going to talk about all that. But my point is, Get rid of sin. Mom and dad, listen to me. Listen to me. Please. I am not an expert. I've got an 11-year-old. Okay, I haven't even reached the teens yet. Dear God, I want Jesus to come back right now. <laughs> and I mean that. I, I'm ready to go home. I heard somebody, I think Brother Tech said it on, on Sunday. He told us, I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to go home. It's waxing worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And I just, I want to make sure that I'm in the word. I want to make sure that Ginger's in the word. I want to make sure that we know how as a unit to combat what this world is trying to bring into our home and bring into our kids. The parents, listen to me. If your child is having trouble right now being separated from the world, then I'm going to tell you what you need to do. You don't have to do anything. But what you need to do is you need to make more lines in the sand. I heard a message a long, long time ago from Brother Scott Graham, which, by the way, he's coming this year to preach at our church. Brother Scott Graham, he preached a message at a youth congress. He said, where does the line start? You might have heard it. And he's talking about, well, the church down the road that's apostolic, they do this. And the church down here, they do a little bit different. Your line starts, what he said, is where your pastor says it is. But I go a step further because this is the point. If you do it because I said so, I am your shepherd, and I'm going to be a little more stern. But if you do it because I said so, that's going to last about a year, two years, maybe seven, maybe even ten. 
And then you'll be like some of those other people that are trolling online saying, well, my pastor said this, and I did it, and this is why I did it, and that's why I left the apostolic church. No, I want you to get in the book and say, you know something? I, the line in the Bible was right here. But what I did is I decided to step over here and draw the line for me and my family because I do not want any form or fashion of the world to be in my home or be around my kids or be around any generation that comes after me. So I'm drawing the line, whatever that is. Whatever that is, I'm sick of it. I'm sick and tired of it because people, again, I'm getting on it. My pastor preached against TV. You're not going to hear me preach against TV. You're going to hear me preach about guard your eyes. Let me tell you what the Bible didn't say. The Bible did not say guard the TV. Am I lying? Maybe your Bible says something different than mine. The Bible said for you to guard what comes in. Who does that lie on? Do this. Everybody do this. Let's go to Sunday school for a moment. Come on, people. Do it. Tap on yourself on the head. That lies on you as the individual. It ain't the TV's fault. God love them. So, uh, an organization, they had a conference, and the, I don't even know the context of the message. I didn't even listen to it because I didn't even care. I thought it was ludicrous. But the individual got up on the stage, and he got a, got a sledgehammer and started beating up a TV on the stage. It ain't the TV's fault. It ain't Hollywood's fault, ladies and gentlemen. It is not. We're blaming everything on Hollywood. It ain't got, pardon my grammar, it ain't got anything to do with Hollywood. The Bible said the world's going to wax worse. Newsflash. But what you and I got to do is be lover of Christ more than we're lovers of ourselves and lovers of the world. So what we got to do is turn away from everything that's sin in everything that's not right and we turn away from it. And so you make up your mind where you're going to draw the line. Because you're not going to blame me. I'm going to tell you. You better draw it far, far away from the world. If you have an issue with things, I'm going to tell you something. It probably ain't okay if you have a problem with drinking. It probably, ain't, it probably ain't okay for you to go on a vacation where there's a bunch of drinking. Because the likelihood of you being there and doing that before, it's a pretty good chance. Well, this one ain't going to hurt. Yeah, it is. It's a slippery slope. You'll be smack dab in the middle of it again. Praise God. You know, kids, listen, we're going to watch this. It's not a big deal. I've seen it before. It doesn't have really anything bad in it. But if you've been away from it, and you've turned away from it, and you go back to it, that's a dog going back to its vomit. And so, well, man, you're preaching it too hard. No, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not. I'm not preaching it too hard. You work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You make up in your mind if you and your house is going to serve the Lord. There's things, there's people in this church that do more than even I do, but I'm on my way there because I see more and more as the day approaches, as that judgment day approaches, man, I better take this out and I better take that out because, man, I heard about this person giving in. I heard about that person. Man, that kid's, that, that man's kids are lost out with God and they used to do this because I was friends with them. And so that stuff goes through my head. So, no, I'm not scared of the world. I'm sick of the world. And that's where we got to be. And it parallels right here. You heard Brother Trevor read it. 
And I encourage you, if you wrote down the scriptures, to go and read every single one of them tonight and look at the answer that Paul gave. Again, the last one, heresy number nine. There is nothing wrong with immorality. The Bible tells us, Paul tells us, get rid of sin and evil because you have been chosen by God and must live a life as a representative of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to be separated from the world. Anybody else? <laughs> Praise God. We are going to, I promise you, we're going to come back to a study of Colossians. We're going to come back and look about the purpose of what was written in Colossians. We'll look at that again, but I want you to stand to your feet all across the building. Praise God. My hope is that somehow that what I've tried to articulate tonight has got into your mind and your spirit that would cause you to go and read and cause you to go study the book of Colossians. I hope you do it before we come back to it. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it so parallels with the day and age that we live in. And if we don't sound an alarm, if I as a shepherd don't sound an alarm, we will be sitting idly by and things are going to come into our lives. Things are going to take root in our lives and there's, it's going to get so far that we're not going to be able to do anything about it. We're not going to be able to get away from it. We're not going to be able to run from it. And so I personally feel that everybody in this building, you better get sold out to Jesus Christ. Ladies, be at prayer. Let's be at weekly prayer. This Sunday when we have our, our dinners, please get with somebody and talk with somebody. Hey, let's Bible study together. Let's go to Starbucks or let's go, if you don't like Starbucks, I don't blame you. Go to, go to Country Java or go to Cracker Barrel if you like Cracker Barrel. And study the word of God together because there's somebody out there that needs what you have and they need to turn away from the world like you are turning away from the world. Can I ask you this, please? Last thing I'm going to say. Do not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed of how you live. Don't be ashamed that you're separated. Ladies, don't be ashamed of how you look. It is not, has zero to do with Pentecostalism. It has everything to do with the word of God. Go study it for yourself. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed when you're around other people that are doing and saying other things and you pipe up and say, hey, can we, can we watch that, please? They're going to look at you like you're crazy, I promise you. I can remember. Wolf City. I think it was Wolf City. Yeah, Wolf City. I can remember. In Wolf City, playing football. We were getting our rear ends handed to us really bad. It was a normal thing when I played football in high school. And, uh, sorry. But we were playing. Football, and I had been moved in. I was on varsity. I had moved into linebacker, and I had messed up royally. And my coach, Rod Davis, from the sidelines, said, tore me up from this side back to this side. And I, under my breath, I said something that I'd heard my friend say. I said it. And nobody I thought even heard it. But I felt so guilty for saying it. In the locker room, mind you, I'm a sophomore, and I'm on varsity. 
I'm a low man on the totem pole anyway. There's only two of us, my buddy Jacob and myself. And during the locker room when we're getting our rear ends handed to us by every coach, every position, I decided it would be a good idea because, you know, I'm supposed to be a preacher's kid. I'm supposed to be a churchgoer. I'm the guy that tries to get everybody to come to FCA on Friday and all that kind of stuff. I thought it would be good to apologize, Brother Trevor, for what I said. It was not the popular thing to say. I'll just say that, okay? There was a lot of things that were said to me and a lot of things I felt about that big. But I learned something that day. Not everybody is going to do what's right. Not everybody is going to say, hey, listen, should, was I a saint? Not by any means, I promise you. But I learned something. It's not going to be popular. But it's okay because it's what's right. I got to watch what comes out of my mouth. And I felt like it was okay for me to say what I said, but they didn't feel like it was. But I tell you what, that set me on a trajectory. I'm not going to do that ever again. I'm not going to say that ever again. I'm not going to be that person ever again. Was I, did I have a perfect track record? By all means, no. But I tried my best to make sure that I didn't. And today, today, I can remember my, when I came back from Bible college, I had a bunch of friends over to my duplex, and I can remember them, all of them, every single one of them. We knew you were going to do this someday. We knew, and, and I'm not pinning roses on me by any means. We knew that you were going to be the preacher someday. You were going to be a Christian that led other people someday. We knew that you would do that. Why? Because I decided to set myself apart. I could have taken the easy road that everybody else did, but I decided not to. And so what I'm telling you is in the day and age that we live in, especially now, especially now, we cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I know my little experience is elementary. But I know some of you deal with that. You've lived this life for so long and now you've turned to Jesus Christ and everybody looks at you like, man, what? Man, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say no to this. I'm going go, to go ahead and be a part. Don't. Shun from it. Get away from it. Go read what Brother Trevor just read, that last portion of Scripture. I'm not going to be a part of that. That's our answer. Our answer is to say, I'm to be a representative of Jesus Christ. And the old me's dead. It got buried in water in the name of Jesus. And I came out speaking in other tongues. I am not the same that I used to be. I'm a new creature in Christ. And so now more than ever, let's be new creatures in Christ. Would you lift your hands all across the building? In the name of Jesus, Lord, would you cover us in your precious blood? God, cover Truth Church in your precious blood. Lord, let us continually every day come out from among the world and be separate. Let us not touch the unclean thing, O oh Lord. Let us not be a part of the things that are not right. They're impure, O oh Lord. And let us be pure in heart, mind, and spirit. Lord, let us not be mean to those that aren't, but Lord, let us exhort them in a kind and sharing the truth in love. And not I'm right and you're wrong kind of mentality. That would make us just as bad as what they are doing. But God, what we must do is share the truth in love. We must love you with all of our heart, Lord. We must not do what we desire to do. It's none of us and all of you in everything that we do. In the name of Jesus, let your word do the talking for us. We don't have to do the talking, oh Lord. Let your word speak for us. For us and let our actions and our lifestyle, Lord, speak for us in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, cover us in your blood. Go before us and come behind us, Lord.